This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've got John Beeler with me today. We've got a great program. Are you convinced that your Amazon Alexa device or your Google Home is listening to you all the time, secretly? Well, German researchers have actually created some uh, customized skills that do just that. We will tell you all about that in a segment coming up. And... We do live in one of the most earthquake-prone uh, areas of the world. We're part of the Ring of Fire. We're going to talk about uh, a device that you can actually put in your home or business that will detect earthquakes and actually shut down everything for you, including your water line and your gas line, and more if you want it. This is really cool stuff. It is. It is amazing. And uh, we're going to be talking about the latest in robot vacuums. These things have come a long way from you know years ago. These things are super smart, and they actually work. And so we'll be telling you about the latest uh, robot vacuums and mops, for that matter. Uh, right now, we're going to cover some of the tech news, as we always do. Did you see this, John? Uh, Sobeys, the grocery chain out in uh, Toronto, uh, actually a suburb, Oakville, uh, they're testing out smart grocery carts. And so essentially, as you're going through the store, you scan the item. It's got a barcode reader right there, and you just drop it into your cart. And you get a running total on a on a screen. That sounds pretty cool. And then you can actually make the payment at the end as well without having to see a cashier. So you just keep going with your cart at the door? Yeah, I don't know how they're going to police that. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But I find that fascinating. So then I thought, what about fruits and vegetables? Well, apparently when you put them in the basket, it'll weigh them and give you the price. Very interesting. It is. How they're going to do that. I don't know. But uh, so this is a rollout. They're trying them out in the store. And they say eventually you won't even need the barcode scanner no. anymore. It'll have cameras on on the cart uh, that will be taking like, you know, hundreds of pictures a second, seeing that what you're putting in the cart and just automatically know. Kind of like the Amazon store that we've seen in the States yes. where they have cameras in tracking everything you're touching yeah. that you actually leave with. It just sort of deducts that from your bill. So what does this mean, John? Can you think? Obviously, these grocery carts are going to be more expensive than your car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there go the, the checkout people, the cashiers. Yeah. Well, it's, that's the beginning. I'm telling you. Yeah. In, in 10 years, like, do you like going through the cashier? No, I hate going through the cashier. I love self-checkout. Yeah. I don't like the self-checkout where I have to go to the little stand and scan stuff. I don't mind that. No? No. I just find going to the cashier sometimes a little faster, depending on how much stuff you have. Uh, I would disagree. Really? Yeah. I always oh, find so this self-checkout. You're fast, eh? Yeah. Yeah, not me. It yeah. never works for me. And, for me. and it's also just more like I picked it up off the shelf and I'm the last person to touch it. Oh, you're that You're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but this is interesting because uh, this is another sign of automation basically, I think, eventually taking away a large number of jobs. Well, and we've talked about this before, uh, but the automation, especially in the retail space, I don't think it's going to take away jobs. It's going to change the jobs that are on offer. Okay, so can I just stop you right there? <laughs> so Sobeys says, this is a good thing because it'll allow them to realign their employees to be out there in the store more to help customers you know, with their questions about the products. I think that's a load of crap. Can I tell you why? Because if they can cut down on staff... They're going to cut down on they're staff. They're going to cut down on staff. There's no one in the aisles now. Well, it'll like, just so be why? security people. Yeah, to make sure that you're not stealing stuff. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, they're, they are definitely going to cut down on how many employees they have. And they're not going to be all these beautiful 
you know, Sobe staff going around. Oh, my, you should try that chicken noodle soup, Mike. It's delicious. <laughs> We've got 10 cans on sale today. No, no, there'll be no one well, except my robotic. That sounds like a robot cart. job waiting to happen, too. A robot will just tell you, Mike, there's soup on sale. Yeah, my shopping cart will. Your shopping cart my will. My shopping cart's going to talk to me. If I've got questions, there'll probably be uh, Alexa built into it or Google Home, and I can just ask the shopping cart. Yeah. It'll be easier to ask the shopping cart than to find a person. Yeah. Have you ever found a person inside a sh- the grocery store? Not whenever I needed one. And when you do find one, how helpful are they? Not. Not. That's not my department. You need the guy for produce. <laughs> well, find me one. <laughs> Anyway, the smart shopping carts are coming. I've seen these over in the UK, like more primitive versions back. Yeah. uh, Even like probably seven years ago. But this is taking it to a whole other level. Absolutely. Yeah. What Uh, else we got in the news? uh, So one of the things that we talked about, uh, we've talked about a few times now, is uh, Google's Pixel 4. Yeah. Um, It's still having some problems. This is the latest Google phone that everyone has been waiting for. The the flagship in their space. And the, the big problem with it is... The one of the features of it is they have a 90 hertz screen. What does that mean? It means it's a much faster refresh rate. Yeah, kind of like on your TV. The yeah. higher the refresh rate, the smoother the action right. is. Right. And to be fair, Android is not known for having the smoothest scrolling experiences, for yes. example. And so uh, Google and a number of other companies have come out with these faster refresh rates that just make it a much more pleasant experience. But there's a problem. Okay. If you want to use any uh, important apps like, say, Google Maps, yeah, or Waze, WeChat, or even Pokemon Go, yeah, you can't. They don't work. They don't work on the on 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 the Pixel Four. So the Google Pixel Four won't won't run Google Maps, not at ninety hertz. Okay. So you're I gonna. Have, I would have thought that through. Yeah, you would think. You know, that's that's an internal meeting that should have happened, perhaps. <laughs> hey, we're making the new phone. Your app probably won't work on it anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, so from what it sounds like, they Google has what it sounds more ominous than it probably really is. They've blacklisted these apps from uh, giving you a bad experience because they're not going to run at the proper frame rate. No. So uh, you need to physically uh, switch your, your refresh rate back down to 60 hertz. And then you're good to go. We are going to have to take a break. When we come back, is your Google Home or your Amazon Alexa listening to you? It is. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. And uh, we're coming to the segment that I know many people are wanting to hear. (laughs) And are going to say, I told you so. Well, researchers uh, at uh, Germany's security research labs uh, have uh, come across uh, four Alexa skills and four Google Home actions that all passed Amazon or Google's security vetting process. These uh, skills uh, and actions for the Google Home uh, were able to basically listen in. On the line to help us understand that, we've uh, got our good friend from Toronto, Brian (laughs) Jackson. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? Good. InfoTech Canada. Infotech Research Group. Infotech Research Group. The key is yeah, always in the research. The key is in the research. I got to remember that. <laughs> Stephen says it like 20 times a day now. Yes. Uh, Brian, so what do we make of this? All the time people are telling me they don't want to have a Google Home or Amazon Alexa in their house because it's listening to them. So this German research group, has the, have they proved that now? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, Thanks, yes. Um, but 
in a specific scenario and nobody was actually spied on in these scenarios, but they certainly proved that it was possible. Uh, so let me tell you how they did it. So this German lab, uh, security research group, they launched four different skills to the Alexa market and four different skills to the Google market, right? So for your listeners that might not be familiar with how skills work on these smart speaker platforms, you can, these are applications. It's sort of like having an app for your smart speaker. So it's designed by a third party and um, you have to ask to speak to it. So in this instance, you would say, Alexa, please let me, or Alexa, talk to my horoscope, or hey Google, ask my horoscope to tell me today's horoscope, something like that. Uh, so that's how you have to access these services. And uh, when you do, um, you know, you would hear a horoscope in these in this situation. So the apps were sort of disguised as a horoscope app, and you would get your update, or sometimes not. It would pretend like it wasn't working. But the key was that it continued to listen to you after um, you were done using the app. So after you thought everything was over, I've had my experience, now I'm going about my day. No, the app was still listening to you. So it was uh, spying on you and even logging everything that you would say during that period, right? Um, and then there was another type of application these researchers made that would try and get a password out of you. So it was more proactive about trying to fish you or get information out of you. So you would try and get your horoscope uh, out of the app and it would pretend to fail. So it would say, sorry, try again later. And then about a minute or two would pass and it would prompt you, it would say, hey, an update is ready for your Google Home speaker. Please tell us your Google password to, and we'll install the update. And so I don't know who would be fooled by, by this because me, me. Like, when do you ever have to say your password out loud? I think a but, lot of people would fall for that. Yeah, okay. I, I, I might potentially fall for it if Google is asking me for that. But so the important thing here, Brian, these weren't out in the wild. It was that this research group that made them to test this, right? They were out in the wild in the sense oh. that they did pass the um, approval process for the Alexa app store and the google home action store so they were live yeah um they were kind of like not a that they had anyone using them but they were live they could have been used but they were kind of like a trojan horse they pretended to be one thing they got pr uh, approved and then they could actually go back in and make adjustments to the code or just continue to uh fish for data yeah you know that type of thing and yeah that's exactly right john they uh lay out in great detail in a lot of blog posts and in several youtube videos um basically it's a guide for anyone that's interested in making malicious actions for these types of devices could follow this and uh you know once you get approved there's certain things you can go back and change later uh, that alexa or amazon and google are not paying attention to but it's a good thing that these white hat hackers yeah. did this because now amazon and google know exactly what they have to fix to prevent bad guys from taking advantage of that in the future so that's the important thing these are white hat hackers these are the good yeah. hackers that are trying to find these uh these holes and let the companies know about them so they can fix them. 
Exactly. If these had been bad guys, then they never would have told us. They would have just let these applications sit out there and pick up users and try and get uh, passwords out of people. And there might be some of those out there right now. We don't know about, about them. Uh, it certainly raises the prospect, right? And we've seen these malicious applications on our mobile devices before. Like we've heard for years now about applications that have got past the Google Play Store uh, checks. Actually, I think you can just launch an application on the Google Play Store without any administrator uh, authorization and uh, apps have even made it onto the Apple App Store which does require moderator approval and they've had uh, malicious per intent in the past to uh, try and spy on users or get passwords out of them. So now we're seeing the extension of that sort of behavior to this new device. It's interesting though Brian because uh, people are actually very concerned about these smart speakers almost to a paranoia because they feel that they're always listening and they are for the special words like alexa or hey google um and they think that they're just always listening anyways and i i have every day now every day someone's coming up to me I know they're spying on me because I talked about uh this special hat that I want and then I got ads on my Facebook for that hat. So they think that Alexa, you know like their Amazon Echo device or the Google Home heard them say that and then served them an ad up. I wish that worked that way. <laughs> It'd be very useful. I hear the for same them. thing all the time. Like yeah. people tell me the exact same sort of anecdote. People are convinced uh, that their devices are spying on them because of these ad targeting experiences, but I think the the really creepy thing is that the devices aren't spying on you all the time. Trust me, your your device is not have its microphone listening to you all the time, but it still knows you well enough to target you with those ads, and uh, you're experiencing what's called confirmation bias, right? It's where you uh, want something, you're looking for it, and then you see the ad for it, and you're thinking, hey, I just talked about that. The ad is correct. <laughs> Um, but you know, you've ignored every other ad that day that didn't apply to you. And now you're noticing the one that does apply to you. Your brain finds those patterns. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. it's interesting because honestly, every day now we have this conversation in it's, our office, like this argument, you, this argument, you know, there's some people in the office are saying it's true. They are listening and, and, uh, God bless you. Uh, uh, John, you're every time you're like, well, this is the business we're in. We actually buy Facebook ads for our, our clients and he's and you always say we don't have that option to buy that that particular thing for our clients that oh we've listened in on you on Amazon Alexa check off the Google spying <laughs> option <laughs> yeah so I mean we're in the advertising game but that option doesn't exist no so if I mean, it did we would know about it like Brian said though it's the confirmation bias and it's also really well targeted ads for people that might be interested in that kind of thing yes and it's just it's just connecting all the dots in your brain and you automatically go to oh it's spying on me yes which it's yeah not. and it shows that people just don't trust these platforms like Facebook can say all it wants to that hey we're not spying on you through your microphones but people just don't believe them because they've broken their trust in the past and they're not going to believe the what they have to say in the future about how they're using their platform and how they're getting data out of their users so Brian we know that this German security f uh, firm made these malicious apps to test out the process to see if they could actually get accepted on you know amazon and the google home 
Uh, is there anything that users at home can do to protect themselves or is it, are they already protected? Well, if you really want to make sure that you're not exposing yourself to malicious skills or malicious actions, uh, if depending on whether you're using Alexa or Google Home, just don't use third-party applications. That would be one way to be sure that you're not being spied on. And if you do really want some third-party application for a certain purpose, just double check what vendor is putting that out there. Is it a vendor you recognize? Like, um, I don't know, is it your bank that made it, right? Or is it just some third-party developer that you've never heard about before from Russia? <laughs> you know, you want to make sure that you just have some familiarity with the source and uh, that it checks out, it seems legit to you. I think it's also a case of common sense coming into play and the fact that the researchers pointed out the fact that, you know, Google and Amazon would never ask for your password through this, these speaker systems or other personal identifying information. So if you do get that, that should be your red flag saying, hey, something's wrong here. I shouldn't be responding to this device. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Google or Amazon will never ask you to say your password out loud because that would be a bad security practice. Anyone in the room would hear your password. We've been talking with Brian Jackson from Infotech Research Group. It's all in the research. You can use that tagline, by the way, Brian, if you want. All of the research? It's all about the research. Infotech Research Group. It's all about, about the, the research. research. Got it. Thanks for joining us today. I'm happy to do it. When we come back from the break, still a lot more tech to talk here. We'll be talking about the robots, the robot vacuum cleaners, how they can maybe make your life easier. And uh, we'll be talking about earthquake detection systems to save your life you're listening to get connected here on the chorus radio network back after this you're back with get connected mike agarbo here in studio let's talk earthquakes obviously something always on our mind here on the west coast well there's technology to help keep our homes and offices safe we're gonna talk to the folks today at uh, eQuake systems they've got a device called quake trip i've uh, got a couple guests in the studio today we've got rob kendall and also doug goble thanks for joining us guys thank you good morning mike uh so this is something i'd never heard of before up until about a week ago <laughs> and so this is a device that you can have installed in your home or or business that essentially uh looks after uh, your your building uh, in case there is an earthquake. Can you explain to the listeners how this works? Yeah, we'll just step back a little bit. I think last week you guys had an event called ShakeOut. Yep. And ShakeOut is an emergency uh, event that where you practice what to do in the event of an earthquake. Yep. <clears throat> uh, and that's all good and fine. There's also an earthquake early warning system installed through Ocean Networks Canada that gives you a warning. Our device actually takes that warning and our own measurements and does something with it. So again, discussing what an earthquake is, the first arriving energy is called a P wave and it's a vertical type of motion. The second arriving energy is a shear wave and it's a side to side motion. So if you think if you're on the ground floor and things are shaking side to side and then you go up 10 floors, that's amplified. Yes. So that's the very damaging shearing motion to buildings. Following that, there's a ground roll type of event. It's a surface wave and it's even more damaging than shear waves. So we take all of those uh, waves, we analyze them, we record the motion in three directions, uh, we calculate a vector sum, and we compare that back to a response curve, which then will take action. 
You sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> my career. That's, yes. <laughs> that's, that's my partner. <laughs> well, this is interesting. So you've got a box that uh, people can uh, either retrofit into their home or office uh, or what have you, or probably even better in a, in a new build that will essentially uh, get these alerts before the earthquake happens? You, you are running to safety yes. and this is taking care of your house. And so how is, it, how is it taking care of the it's house? It's decided that it needs to shut down the gas and the water and power so that you don't blow up or flood in your house. I, I like not blowing up. <laughs> I mean, no, that's what I, uh, you know, I not have. Not if a, it's your neighbor. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> uh, I, I look at my home and I've got, you know, a gas line in there and, and what have you. So how, how does this thing shut that all off? It just. Well, the, uh, you would have a gas fitter install a mechanical valve. Got it. Okay. So we just give it a signal to close. Yep. On the uh, on the deciding that it's an earthquake and not a false trigger. And so, just ballpark, uh, and you know, people can always contact you for more information on this. What's a, a ballpark for a home, for example, to get this box and the install? So, for a new build, the basic price is three thousand dollars for the box. For the box, yes. If you're building new you already have to put those uh, electronic valves in place. Yes. If you're retrofitting, you probably have to take out a mechanical valve and put in an electronic valve. It's driven by a solenoid. <clears throat> and we have that down at the home show. Our demo down there shows how the valves turn off. Um, it's also important to realize, and maybe we'll get to this later, it's not just residential. No. Okay. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I guess you'd have a lot of business in uh, uh, commercial buildings and, mm -hmm. and things like that as well, mm -hmm. fire halls. Fire halls, elevators, a huge application because all elevators within certain uh, earthquake regions, they're all classified according to how likely they are to have a large event. Um, all elevators have to have these in them. Oh, they and, do. And right now the technology is very primitive. I'm not going to get into it, yeah. but it's not as sophisticated as what we have. So elevators now do have something in them. They do. Yes. And so what makes yours better? They have false positives. Oh, okay. <laughs> and nobody wants to get stuck in an elevator. So it's just getting stuck for no reason then. Yeah, and I was, I was talking to some people in Anchorage and the woman in the, in the hotel there who's in charge of their safety said that during the big 7.1 earthquake they had last November, uh, the elevator did not shut down and three months later, nothing was happening and the elevator shut down twice. So <laughs> that's, that's a great system. <laughs> yeah. And like we were talking about earlier, uh, things like large vehicles outside uh, you don't want that to trip the system. No. You want it to be a real earthquake. And a real earthquake has a ground motion that's quite a bit different than other types of noise. It's very low frequency and it's very high amplitude. Okay. So when you see things flying off the shelf, it looks like things are going crazy. But what caused that was a very low frequency event. Okay. So uh, the box itself, uh, it's called a quake trip. Uh, I guess it has the sensors built right into it? That's correct. There's four three-component accelerometers. So we measure ground motion in the x direction, the y direction, and the z. Then we take an average of that, and then we calculate a vector sum, and then we compare that back to our response curve. And it just works. It works, it works very it well. Works. How long have you guys been doing this? So, vibration monitoring yeah. or quake trip. So, so I've got about 40 years in the seismic industry. Okay. Yeah, we've been around the world with uh, seismic, it's oil and gas applications or gold and copper. Uh, Rob's uh, same geophysicist, thirty. He's a young feller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we've been doing seismic, you uh, know, vibration monitoring for years, and okay. then this this has been since January. Okay. Yeah. So you've got an extensive background in, yes. in providing yeah. uh, this yeah. here. And uh, where is the biggest market for this? Obviously, earthquake zones like Pacific. BC. Yes. Well, yeah. Are you familiar with the Ring of Fire? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's our business. That's our market. That's, yeah. a, that's our. <laughs> but uh, we just we're 
working on a partnership with um, through the state of Nuevo Leon and addressing the Mexico City market. Okay, yeah. So they're Mexico. great. It's 23 million people and very large earthquakes that do severe damage that cause billions of dollars, affect their GDP. It's mm -hmm. a great opportunity for us to partner with those people. Unfortunately, our best marketing tool is an earthquake. Yeah, after, after the fact, everyone's like, oh my oh God. Oh boy, call, call Rob. Yeah, call one Rob. Of those. <laughs> yeah, what can I do differently uh, uh, next time? Where can people find out more information about this, guys? The best place to find information is at our website, which is www.equakesystems.com. You can also Google Quake Trip. Quake Trip. Yeah. Um, online is best, and cool. uh, we're available. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, thank you very much, Mike. Thanks, thanks very much, Mike. That was Doug Goble and Rob Kendall from eQuake Systems talking about their Quake Trip solution to keep you safe uh, when, uh, I guess, the big one happens. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk robots and robot vacuums. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler. Let's talk about uh, vacuums. I don't like vacuuming, but I love the robot vacuums. Yes, and they have gotten way, way better over the years. We've got our good friend and tech contributor, Erin Lawrence. She is uh, the woman behind TechGadgetsCanada.com. Did I get that right? Did I really? You got it. Oh, I never get that right. TechGadgetsCanada.com. Uh, a great blog uh, that uh, reviews all kinds of different uh, tech products and gadgets. Erin is uh, on the line with us from Nashville. What are you doing in Nashville? Hello, you too. Hello. What are you doing in Nashville? I am checking out printer cartridge recycling with HP Canada, they of do, all things. They do that in Nashville? They do. <laughs> they actually have a facility in Nashville. And uh, once they have all the plastic particulate, they ship it up to a facility in Montreal, interestingly enough, and add a bunch of stuff to it and turn it back into plastic that they use in their printers and cartridges. Well, that's a whole other segment for another time. Let's let's talk about uh, vacuums. I've got a couple going in my house, and I think you've uh, just reviewed a couple from Roomba. Uh, the folks, or sorry, iRobot, the folks that make the uh, the Roombas. Uh, and I think when people think of uh, robotic vacuums, no matter what the brand, they think Roomba. They're kind of like the Kleenex of uh, robot vacuums now. Uh, what model did you uh, check out? So I got the brand new vacuum, which is the iRobot Roomba S9 Plus. And there's also a new mopping robot for anybody that might be familiar with their earlier mopping robots. That one is called the BravaJet M6. I want to get to that mopping robot in a minute because I've, I've got one and it's kind of okay. So I'm hoping they've made some improvements on, on that. Uh, let's talk about the, um, sorry, it's the S9 Plus. The S9 Plus, yes. So I've got, I think, maybe the, the last year's model. What I like about it is uh, typically with the robot vacuums, they're cool because they go about doing the vacuuming without your intervention. Uh, so, you know, if you're lazy like me, they are fantastic. But the one thing I hate about them typically is that the, uh, the receptacles or the bins on them aren't that big, as you can imagine, right? You can't hold that much stuff. So you're kind of having to bend down like a sucker and pull out the little bin and then empty it out. Uh, but this new one actually has a canister that it goes back to its base and it sucks up all the stuff out of the robot. Can you tell us more about that, Aaron? Yeah, they call that their clean base automatic dirt disposal. And what it essentially is, is a, I guess a very tiny waste basket that acts as the base station for this robot. 
So the robot will go out, sweep your floors, and we can talk about some of the other features of it. But when it's full, when it's done, when it needs to empty itself out, it'll go back to the base station. Another vacuum comes on on inside this waste bin and sucks all the dirt out of it into a sealed vacuum bag. So those of you who are familiar with having to empty that little canister out, that onboard dust bin out, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to touch the dirt. You don't have to see the dirt. You don't have to spill the dirt. That is, that's cool. But you still have to empty that canister. Though. <laughs> but you well, don't no, have to there's bend a sealed it. bag inside it. So you never touch it. You pop the lid open, pull the bag out, and much, it's very similar to, I guess, what you'd call the old-fashioned vacuum bags where it's sealed and it's got that rubber ring around it. Okay. So you just slide it out of the dustbin and throw it in the garbage. And you don't have to bend over as far, John. <laughs> it's up a little higher. Because <laughs> that's important. It's important. But so I guess the challenge now is now you do have some, like you've got a consumable now. Yeah. You've got a bag. But I've been using it for a while. That bag is not full yet. It holds a lot of dirt. And I imagine... I think they say it's about 30... 30 empty or 30 loads, I should say, of dirt. So depending on how frequently you vacuum, that it could last you months. Huh. I love that. So let's talk about some of the other features uh, about this particular one. Uh, this Roomba is a smart robot vacuum. Definitely. So what it'll do the first couple times it vacuums in your house, it's using computer smarts to learn the layout of your house. So it's got all these sensors and this... I'm going to call it artificial intelligence technology inside, but I'm sure that's not what they'd call it. But it basically learns its way around your house. It learns where the walls are, where the furniture is, where the obstacles are, and then it'll create this virtual map. What you do is go in afterwards, label all the rooms on your home's map layout, and then you can connect it to voice control, so with Google or Alexa, and you can ask Google or Alexa to, hey, mop the living room for me or sweep the bedroom for me. So it's that smart. I've actually named, I've got a couple Roombas. I've named them Ernie and Bert. And so I can ask, I can ask Alexa to get Bert to, to vacuum the kitchen. I'm surprised you didn't just name them after your kids' names. No, because <laughs> they don't listen. And so I, thought, I feel that would confuse the robots as, as well. That's what I love about the, the smart Roombas, uh, Aaron, is that once it's mapped out, like you don't have to have it just randomly bump around you know, vacuuming everything, you can actually say, hey, I just want the front hallway vacuumed or the, the dining room or the kitchen, or you can actually select multiple rooms uh, as well. They're a lot more deliberate now too, Mike. They are they clean in more of a linear pattern, whereas anybody who's familiar with those previous robots, they kind of would do this haphazard thing and they'd get your whole floor clean more by virtue of the fact that they're just getting out there a lot. These robots are a lot more deliberate. One of the other really cool technology features that you can do with this new S9 Plus is you can establish keep out zones. So you use that map that you've created for your house, basically draw a little square around your dog's water dish, um, the muddy boot tray, you know, a, a rug that it, you don't want to get caught up in. Your kid. You tell the robot to keep out of those areas <laughs> yeah. and it won't go near them. That is kind of cool because they had something similar for, you know, the earlier versions of the Roombas. They had these little kind of mini electronic pylons. That they were called lighthouses. Lighthouses, yeah, that, lighthouses. You'd, that you'd stick where you didn't want that thing to go. So the fact that you can just do that through software now is is fantastic let's talk about the mopping one i i forget the model that i have uh the, i think it's a brava jet or something and i forget the exact one it's probably the 240 yeah it's cool but it, it's not that smart it just kind of you you got to stick a little pad on you know so it's got consumables uh you can have different versions depending how much water 
and that's the thing you got to fill this thing up with water as well uh, and then it just kind of goes around but it kind of takes a long time and the one i had is like tiny so what's new with this new one pretty much everything it's got the same smart mapping capabilities that we talked about with the vacuum so it too is going to learn your house and learn its way around um you can now use either disposable pads on these mops or washable ones ah. Roomba, um, irobot i should say now offers both options and i've tried them both so depending on what your preference is you can make your selection accordingly um you know, it's got the same thing with the keep out zones and it too has a much more linear pattern. So when it's going across your floors, it's going in more of a kind of deliberate back and forth. So it's really doing a much better job. My daughter actually loves the little mop one because she ends up unfortunately having to clean the, the kids bathroom because the boys are stupid and don't like to clean or can't figure that out so she just basically puts the little pad in fills it up with water and sets it loose in the bathroom <laughs> and you know it does it does actually a pretty good job but i like the fact that the new one uh you can use non-disposable pads yes one of the other um innovations they've made in this one with the old one you had to take the whole mop over to the sink to fill it up with the new one there's a removable water tank and the water tank uh, is a lot larger so you can pour some floor cleaner in there top it up with water and you should be able to get about two or three cleans, depending on the size of your space, on that one tank of water. And it's a lot less mess. It's a lot less annoying than having to drag the whole robot around the kitchen and put it under the tap. We're talking robots, mopping robots and vacuum robots. Uh, those are the latest from iRobot, their new Roombas. You got to check them out if you are into not vacuuming yourself. Well, not yourself, but not doing the <laughs> vacuuming yourself. <laughs> It's been a long day here, Aaron. Uh, Aaron, I want to thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great day. That was Aaron Lawrence from techgadgets.com. You got to check the site out. Very cool. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. And uh, after learning earlier that uh, app developers can make malicious third-party skills, we're going to tell you our Alexa skill of the week. <laughs> and hopefully this one's not listening to you. What do you got, John? Uh, so... It's Halloween time. Yes. So let's have some spooky Halloween sounds. This is great. Yeah. yeah. The night of, you can have that playing through the house. That's right. Yeah. So you can scare all the trick-or-treaters in your neighborhood with this Halloween this Halloween with spooky Halloween sounds. This skill will play spooky, frightening sounds on a loop until you tell Alexa to stop. To get started, you just have to say, Alexa, start spooky Halloween sounds. Kind of simple. That's it. And so what? Like, how long does it go for? Does Forever. Just... <laughs> and ever and ever. So this is kind of cool because uh, you could have this playing in your house if you got a party, or you could have uh, maybe some speakers out out front when the kids are coming. Yeah, in you trick maybe, maybe move your Alexa to to the front door where your yeah. your bucket of candy is and stuff. Yeah, yeah. be cool. And then you'll you know the kids trick or treating. You can say Alexa, unlock the front door. <laughs> the kids can break into your house, but they don't have to because Alexa let them in. That's right. Yes. So that's a tip to the kids out there. <laughs> if you hear spooky music or sounds coming from the front door of the place you're trick-or-treating, see if you can get Alexa to Because all those you. kids are listening to us on the radio. Don't forget to check out our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got uh, a lot of great uh, videos up there, how-tos, tips and tricks, product overviews, and of course, our podcasts. And you can actually check out our video podcast. We uh, video this, uh, this show. so We always dress the same, too. Yeah, we look like twins today. <laughs> Two middle-aged white guys. There's a podcast there. This is uh, Mike and John logging off for Get Connected. We'll see you again next time.
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.